Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, stone shop owners from across the Fruited Plain and beyond, I'm your host, Aaron Crowley. So glad to be tuned in with you for another episode here on the Fab Lab Podcast talking about a mindset for mistake management or perhaps mistake reduction. The last episode, we talked about reducing costly mistakes, this idea of what costly mistakes do to our bottom line. And fellow fabricator, stone shop owner, it's what we're all about here on the Fab Lab Podcast talking about the business side of stone fabricating. How do we manage our businesses in such a way that we reduce the workload and increase the profits? Well, that's what systematically reducing oversights, mistakes, and remakes will do for you. It's kind of the best of both worlds. And we're going to get into that in this episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. We're going to talk about this continued topic. In the last episode, we talked about the cost. In this episode, we're going to begin to talk about the solution. How do you move beyond that? How do you go about reducing those oversights, mistakes, and remakes in your business. And I got a little hint. It's in the title. We're going to start by talking about mindset because that's where it all begins. Now, real quick, I want to mention something. You can watch this podcast on YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, the Fab Lab Podcast, and you can actually see me behind the Fab Lab Podcast microphone in the Fab Lab Podcast studio, also known as my home office. And in this episode, you can actually see me wearing something very special. I found this hoodie in a heap, I think yesterday, I think one of my boys was wearing it, but it was an old, 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 ratty, nasty hoodie from way, 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 way back in the day when I owned my stone shop. It's got the original logo from my countertop shop, Crowley's Granite Concepts. And this hoodie's got to be 15 years old, maybe seven, 16, 17. It's old and it shows. So I threw it on for old time's sake for nostalgia <laughs> and said, I'm going to record a podcast wearing that old hoodie. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you could see that, and you can see all the other podcasts that we're posting there. Something else I'd like to ask you to do. If you value, if you are benefiting from the content that I put out here on the Fab Lab podcast, would you do me a favor? I put a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort into these podcasts, giving you, telling you everything I know about management in the, in the hopes and in the interest that it'll benefit your company. So if you benefit from it, would you consider going to your podcast app, whichever one it happens to be, we're on them all, and rate the Fab Lab podcast, that'd be super helpful. And if that would be helpful, could you write a review as well? And if you'd be willing to write a review about the Fab Lab podcast, maybe it's so impactful to you, you'd consider sharing it with another fabricator who you might think could benefit from the principles and the conversations that we have here on the Fab Lab podcast. So would you do that for me? And you know, and if you really want to connect, go to AaronCrowley.com. You can check out my website. You connect with me there. If you ever got a question, you ever got something you want to talk about, you can always reach out to me there. You can also download the first three chapters of my book for free, Less Chaos, More Cash, by going to AaronCrowley.com. Now, we're going to get into this, the role and the impact of costly oversights, mistakes, and remakes have on our business. The question is not, are they an impact? They're huge. They're massively negative to the bottom line. The impact is huge. It requires all kinds of overtime, lots of frantic firefighting, and it erodes our profits. So it's definitely in our best interest in terms of the business to go about reducing. What can we do to reduce those oversights, mistakes, and remakes? We're going to talk about that. And as I said here a few minutes ago, it all begins with mindset. Because I'm telling you, fellow fabricator, the solution begins with what we think. You can have a tool, but if you don't know how to use the tool, or if you have a misconception about the tool, you don't get the full value from it. Or if you don't believe that the tool is necessary, if you don't believe the tool is valid, and that all happens up here, 
folks, and for those of you not watching the YouTube, you'll see that I'm pointing to my head. It happens in our mind. The thoughts that we think, the things that we believe determine what we do. It determines the actions that we take. So we're going to talk about that, the mindset, before we can actually use the tool for reducing oversights, mistakes, and remakes. We're going to talk about the mindset that enables us to use the tool. And we're going to talk about another tool here real quick. I want to mention a word from our sponsor, the No Lift Install System. Now, fellow fabricator, stone shop owner, you've probably bought tools in the past that you were convinced, or maybe you were sold, maybe you weren't convinced, but you bought it anyway, hoping that the crew would use the tool, only to find out later they didn't use it for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't understand how to use it. Maybe the tool didn't work. For whatever reason, you paid the money, you generated the profits and turned around and reinvested that in the business in this particular tool, only to find it sitting in a corner collecting dust out in the shop. You might be considering the no-lift install system, and you might be wondering the same thing. Well, are my guys going to use it? What if my guys don't use it? I don't want to spend that kind of money on something that's just going to collect dust over in the corner of the shop. Well, let me tell you something that makes the no-lift install system utterly unique among companies in the industry, quite frankly, among business in general. The no-lift system return policy is unlike anything you've ever heard. It is an absolutely true-to-form, unique, no-risk guarantee. You can buy the no-lift system, and after your installers have used it five times, you can return it. No questions asked. No-lift will pay the freight. I like to put it like this. You buy, you try, And if your installers don't cry tears of joys after using it five times, you can return it. And no lift will even pay the freight to have it returned. It's truly no risk. Now, the reason that no lift can make this promise, that can offer this guarantee, can provide this kind of a return policy, is because they are so confident. And the track record, so few of these systems are returned. So few of them find themselves collecting dust in the corner that there's a high degree of confidence that there's no risk. And quite frankly, the ones that are returned are typically sold before they get back to the distribution center anyway. So fellow fabricator, if you have been considering the no-lift install system, if you've been wondering how do I reduce breakage, i.e. mistakes and remakes, how do I reduce injuries for my installers, how do I make my jobs more efficient, how do I look more professional on the job site when I roll up and demonstrate the yellow cart that lifts and tilts. If you've been wondering about that, but maybe you've got this question in the back of your mind. What if my guys don't use it? Well, if they don't, after five installs, you can return it. No questions asked, and NoLift will pay the freight. So head on over to NoLiftSystem.com, talk to one of the NoLift pros, and get yourself a NoLift system today. So now back to our topic today, the mindset for mistake management. We're talking about mindset. So where do we begin? We need to understand that when a mistake occurs, when an oversight is discovered, when a remake happens, something goes on in the owner's body, in the mind, in their spirit. Their very existence is altered. Fellow fabricator, tell me if this isn't true. When you discover an oversight, a mistake, or a remake, what happens to you? What is your knee-jerk reaction? You don't have to think about it. It just happens. Now, this may not be true for everybody, but for most business owners, here's what happens. There is an emotional response. Now, I'm going to list off a few things that were very uh, easy for me to list because I lived this experience for 23 years as the owner of a stone shop. I want you to gauge your own reaction. You got to kind of put yourself in this situation. You might have experienced this today, but if you didn't, put yourself in this position. 
and gauge how you think you would respond. Here's number one. Complete kitchen, fully fabricated, sitting on a cart ready for install the night before it's supposed to install. Sales guy walks by and goes, oh, that has a flat polish on it. It was supposed to have a radius. (laughs) What's your response? What goes through your mind? How do you react to that news? Now, let's just reverse it. Let's just say it's got a radius on it, and it was supposed to have a flat polish, completely different outcome. That probably goes from mistake to remake. What's your response? How do you react? Here's another one. You get back to the shop from lunch, and you see a couple of guys crawling all over the granite scrap bin, the big dumpster out front, digging through all those granite scraps, and you ask, what's going on? Well, somehow the information wasn't communicated that that vanity on the install yesterday was supposed to have a four-inch backsplash. The work order said tile. So we threw the scraps into the dumpster, and now we're trying to find enough scraps so that we can make those pieces of backsplash. What's your response? Don't fluff it. Don't, you know, fudge it. What is your knee-jerk reaction to that news when you find out that that oversight was made? Here's another one. You look out the door, and your measure-up technician is rushing to his van to drive back to a uh, a job site. And you ask your production manager, where's he going? Oh, well... You know that job we needed to cut and uh, CNC today? Well, we couldn't program it because we discovered in the afternoon we didn't have a center line on the template. So we couldn't put the sink on the template, so we couldn't run it. Now we're a half a day behind, and he's racing back to the job site to get that center line. Here's another one. You get the call. Customer's not happy. You just had $6,000 in countertops installed, and there's a ring on the countertop next to the sink. It's not water. It appears to be grease or oil, and it thinks the customer thinks that it's stained. And you're asking yourself, how did this not get sealed? Was it the shop? Was it the install? Who didn't seal this? What is your emotional response that now you've got to go deal with this oversight, this mistake, or this potential remake, depending on the nature of the stain? I want you to gauge what your emotional reaction to that, because that's the first response. We need to understand that in every one of these situations, there is a reaction that occurs when a mistake or an oversight or a remake takes place. And it's that reaction, it's that emotional response that we have to focus on first before we can look at the tools that will allow us to prevent those mistakes in the future. Here's why this is so important. You answer this for yourself, fellow fabricator. What is your emotional response to that news of an oversight, mistake, or remake? Now, for most people, not all, but for most people, definitely myself included, That emotional reaction is anger. It's frustration. In my case, oftentimes it was rage. Fuming, seething, hateful rage would just come out of me like, where is this coming from? I couldn't control it. I had no constructive response. So I reacted in frustration. Deep, deep frustration. Here is the problem with that. That kind of reaction, it's conditioned, puts us into a place where we can't do anything constructive about it. In fact, it puts us into a situation where we actually do damage. It's counterproductive. Now, we've got to be in a productive state of mind. Remember, we're talking about mindset here. So we've got to be conscious and aware of what happens when those occur so that we can manage our mindset in such a way so that we can respond in a manner that is productive and constructive and allows us to actually reduce those in the future. So how about you, fellow fabricator? What kind of state of mind do you go into when you learn about those scenarios? 
what was happening. For some of you, you may have re-experienced some of those emotions. And that's the first reality. We react with emotion, and most often it's anger. Now, here's the second aspect of this. It's really important. It's what we do with that. What happens subconsciously, the human mind, the human being, for whatever reason, wants to point fingers. There is an automatic jump from that anger or that reaction to assigning blame. We make hasty conclusions about how that happened and who is responsible. That's a problem. When we make that conclusion in haste, in a high state of anger and frustration, the chances of us responding in a constructive way are greatly diminished. You you can't do it. So here's the problem. We conclude in this hasty conclusion that the employee who had the oversight, made the mistake, or caused the remake is to blame. We oftentimes default, and for many owners, this becomes an embedded universal belief about most of their staff. They conclude that their employees are lazy, negligent, ignorant, and simply cannot measure up to the owner's level of performance, which very few employees can. But here's the problem with that. When we conclude that, that doesn't end there. There is a next step. Very few of us can stop. We have the emotional response. We draw these hasty conclusions, which are typically blaming the employee for the problem that's cost us money. That's our, that's our conclusion. Incorrect, in my opinion. Then we typically will take action. There is a follow-up. Here's the problem. There are two types of actions that are taken. And sometimes it's not when the owner is in his most optimal state of mind. Tony Robbins likes to talk about it being in an unresourceful or a resourceful state of mind, unproductive or productive. So when you are in this high state of emotion and anger, you believe your mindset leads you to conclude that your employees are lazy, negligent, ignorant, or just unable to meet your expectations, you will invariably act out of that. You will, whether you intend to or not, whether you mean to, whether you plan on it or not, you will invariably do or say or imply or communicate something doesn't help. Now, the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's very true in this situation. Here's this third aspect. When we react, we act. When we react, we take action. So what are the the actions that are most commonly taken in response? The most common action is to fire. It's the worst case scenario is to fire the employee who's to blame. And oftentimes the owner's mentality, the belief, is that the problem is this employee who keeps making mistakes. So I will replace them. I will go find somebody who actually won't make mistakes. Hugely disruptive, devastating to morale, might make you feel good in the moment. And if they're in Oregon, they're still going to get unemployment whether they were at fault or not. It doesn't solve the problem. It just continues this vicious circle. So you replace them with somebody else, believing inaccurately that they will somehow be able to perform to your level of expectations, which is perfect, not making mistakes. The other problem, the other option, the other action that is oftentimes taken in this is it's not that clear. It's not that dramatic. It's not that you just react, you conclude, and then you take action by firing somebody. Oftentimes, it's slower than that. It's just simmering accusatory, just just disgust that you have under the surface and you think you're hiding it really well. You think your employees don't know what you think about them, but they do. And here's the, here's the inevitable outcome of that. They will eventually move on, which is the same outcome. It just takes a little bit longer. 
you still are left with the same problem. You haven't solved. You think that by replacing those employees with someone who is more competent, with someone who is more like you, you think, you believe that that will solve the problem. But it never does because the underlying tool has never been employed. You have concluded that the problem lies with the employee. Fellow fabricator, I'm telling you, 98% of the time that's not the case. The problem is that you haven't effectively delegated. You don't have a mechanism in place to make sure or to increase the likelihood that they know what to do, when to do it, and how well to do it, and have a system of checking on their own work to double-check that they've done the right thing. You haven't provided that to them. The vast, 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 vast majority of the time when owners conclude the problem is the employee is that they have failed to effectively delegate. And until we as managers, as owners, get over this and take control of our mindset and we begin to believe, we replace this belief that this anger is justified, these conclusions are accurate, that it's the employee, and then the actions that we take out of that are productive, until we get out of that mindset and move into a productive, resourceful mindset, we're never going to solve this problem. And you're going to keep having oversight, you're going to keep having mistakes, you're going to keep having remakes that devastate your profits. They destroy your bottom line. So until we come to grips with this mindset and we move to the place that gives us a constructive response when those oversights happen, until we move to that place where we believe, okay, oversight occurred, mistake was made, a remake is at the consequence. Where did this go wrong and where did I as the owner or where did we as managers fail to provide the necessary protocols and processes or checklists or make it clear whose responsibility it was to perform the task that perhaps wasn't performed until we assume responsibility. In my book, Less Chaos, More Cash, I used a term called the deadly assumption to kind of explain this. I've changed that now. It's the mastery mindset misconception. It's the same thing. I've just put a different term on it because I think my understanding of it has evolved. The deadly assumption or the mastery mindset misconception is the belief that some work is so simple and obviously important that it need not be explained. That is the most common mentality among business owners I've ever discovered as it relates to this running a business that can do the work without the owner looking over the shoulder of the employees because they have fallen into that deadly assumption or that they've mastered the business, they've mastered the work. And they believe subconsciously that it doesn't require explanation, that everybody ought to be able to do this. Anybody ought to be able to do this. It's not that complicated. And if you can't do it, I ought to get somebody else who can because the problem is you. Wrong. The problem is that you believe that people can read your mind and they know everything that you know and they know everything you expect them to do. Until you move from that mentality to the mindset that says, I can't assume anything. I cannot assume that anybody in my company is going to know what to do and when unless I have clearly and effectively communicated that to them. So when a mistake occurs, when an oversight occurs, when a remake occurs, it's an opportunity to refine the processes. It's an opportunity to refine the process that I talk about in my book, Less Chaos, More Cash. You apply, where did I fail to make it clear what position was responsible Where did I make it unclear what the result was that I wanted that left latitude for there to be this varied outcome? And where did I fail to provide written instructions or checklists 
for the employee to follow and fill out to double-check their own work according to the standard that I have provided. That's the first step. When you get to the point where that is your knee-jerk reaction to an oversight, a mistake, or a remake, you're there. You are now on your way. Employing the tool is easy. It's simple. If you've read my book, you'll know that. What's difficult, fellow fabricator, what is difficult, stone shop owner, is getting over this old mindset. You've got to adopt this mentality. You've got to understand that you know so much about your business that you fail to explain what needs to be done adequately. It's, just, it's common among all businesses, not just fabrication shops. It's, it's true against, uh, across all industries, all businesses, all types, all departments. Managers fall into this too. So we got to move to this place where we take responsibility and we recondition our thoughts. I'm going to do another podcast on this topic exclusively, the difference between a reaction and a response, conditioned responses versus emotional reactions. It's huge. It's, it's critical. And this isn't going to happen overnight, so we're going to do another podcast on this. But I want you to understand that the, the real transformation occurs, the real ability to reduce costly mistakes in your business in the future, lies in this mindset reality. Understanding that this is a mindset for mistake management. You've got to get the mindset right. You've got to get to the place where you believe it is your responsibility and you take responsibility for those oversights, mistakes, and remakes, first and foremost. And then you believe and understand and begin to grow in the idea that then you can apply the tools that will reduce the likelihood of them happening again in the future. That is truly, that is the, 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 the difference between executives and small business owners, craftsmen who have a business and business owners. And, and folks, I don't want to put, I don't want to demean, my intention isn't to, to accuse or, or in any way, shape or form, you know, demean anybody's approach to business. But that is the, that's the difference. And to break out of this existence of being perpetually putting out fires, perpetually angry, perpetually accusing your staff and perpetually in a place where you have no constructive response to these oversights, mistakes, and remakes that are happening all the time in your business. The only way to break out of that is to change the way you think. It is to shift and adopt a new mindset. A mindset that puts you in the place of taking responsibility and then taking action that is productive and constructive. And so we're going to continue on this theme because this, this, this plays into every, as, every aspect, every facet of the business. When you begin to adopt this mentality and the practice of applying the process, assign the position, define the result, design the operation, tag on a checklist, it is amazing, fellow fabricator. It is amazing, stone shop owner, what you can do. The calming of the operation, the growth and the profits, and the fact that it can happen without you being there. Now, is that not like a perfect world for a small business owner or a stone shop owner? Was for me, and that was what I experienced. So I want to I just want to encourage you, if you haven't bought a copy of Less Chaos, More Cash, you can go to my website, AaronCrowley.com. You can download the first three chapters for free and check it out. I go into much greater detail on this topic in my book. But then you can buy a copy and you can you can go into great depth understanding how to apply this process, how to systematically and methodically implement these tools so that you can reduce those oversights mistakes and remakes in the future. So fellow fabricator, stone shop owner, I know I've used some strong language. I'm telling you, it's, it's not because I think I'm right. It's simply because I want to make the point. I want to help you move beyond 
the reality of being overwhelmed all the time by oversights, mistakes, and remakes. It is simply my desire to see you grow and to see your business succeed and thrive and to see you as a business owner grow and thrive as well and possibly even thrive outside of work because you don't have to spend as much time there. Wouldn't that be cool? So ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, stone shop owners, I am so glad that you tuned into this episode of the Fab Lab Podcast What a privilege. What an honor. I hope you will tune in next time for the next episode as we continue this theme about mindset and reducing mistakes, reactions versus responses. It's going to be awesome. I'll look forward to seeing you then. Happy fabricating.